Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Good. It's good to see you. Uh, and it starts raining again. Just don't fall asleep on me. I know. Uh, I don't know about you, but rain kind of makes me a little sleepy. And so it's good to have you here today. We're so honored to have you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks, lead pastor here here at the Church RC, and we're we're just honored to have each and every one of you here. Uh, we pray that this service will be a blessing to you. Amen. And uh, we've got a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, here at the church, and uh, and just uh, as you know, we have Easter Sunday coming up in a couple of weeks on April 16th. Now, here's the thing: is we make it really easy for you to invite people to come. I don't I don't know why, but there is it's I think it's because it's state law, but there's state law that says that you have to go to church on Easter, and so most people are really inclined to go with you if you'll just invite them. Here's the thing: is that they say that 80 percent of the people that you invite to church will actually come to church with you if you just reach out and, and inv- invite them to come. Uh, and 100% of the people that you don't invite probably won't show up. So, uh, But here's the deal. is So just show up. We, we've got these neat little cards, and, and they give you the service times. You circle one of those cards and say, hey, join me. I'll save you a seat, you know, and then just begin to pray for them. Because uh, we're not just trying to have a big service. We're trying to impact a lot of lives with the, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's going to be really good. And then, uh, and, and here's the deal is you, we, we, you say, well, why do I need to register? Uh, you don't have to register. It's not like a requirement to come to church. We're not selling tickets or anything like that. We're just trying to, if, if we know, if you know that you're coming to a certain service, if you'll let us know that, uh, that way we can tell other people because there's going to be a lot of people here. They're going to, the services are going to be full. And so if we know a service is full, we can just mark it full. And you can still come to that service. We'll make room for you. We always do. Uh, but you can. Uh, but that way you go. Okay. Well, I'm. You know that one's already full. Let's go to and plan on a different service. Okay. And so we're just trying to make it a little easier on you. That's all we're trying to do. We're not trying to make life more complicated. We're trying to make it easy. Uh, and then we have Vision Sunday. Come on, the next two Sunday nights, April second, April 9th. and uh, and uh, uh, they're called Vision Nights, is what we're calling them. And what it is, is you're going to come in, we're going to have it right here, uh, and we got tables set up, so it's going to be a little bit different atmosphere, uh, and we're just going to talk about the church and what God is doing uh, in the building. As y'all know, we're going into a Heart for the House campaign coming up very uh, shortly, and uh, and so we're just kind of prepping y'all. You get to, uh, what's cool is you get a walkthrough of the building. And uh, so we have a 3D uh, video and a walkthrough of the building. So you get to see the uh, the auditorium before the auditorium is there. You get to see the kids' areas. You get to see those things. And uh, and so you got to get a picture of what we're going for and our and what we're what we're gunning for. Now here's the thing: uh, you can leave your wallets at home. We're not taking up money there. So some of you are like, I ain't going to that. I know why. It's cool. We're just talking about what God is going to do and want you to begin to pray about what God, how God is going to use you. Amen? But we really want to cast the vision and, and get you to see what this building is going to be. Amen? Amen. It's good. Are you ready to start this series? Yeah. All right. If you've got a Bible, turn to 2 Samuel 23, 20 and 23. We're going to read 20 through 23, 2 Samuel 23. 20 through 23. And just before I get started, come on, let's welcome our online family. Come on, we're bigger than these four walls. Come on, give it up for them. Have people that listen from all over the world. We're so honored that you would listen. 
2 Samuel 23, 20 through 23 says this. Where are we at? Here it is. And uh, where, what? I'm in Genesis. Lord Jesus, I'm in the wrong book. Here we go. I got it now. Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. If you think the Bible isn't awesome, this dude is bad to the bone, right? I mean, this guy ain't playing. I love this right here. It says this, and he killed an Egyptian in a a, a spectacular man. Come on. He didn't just kill a normal man. He killed a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so Benaiah went down to him with a staff, a stick, wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. This is a bad mamma jamma right here. These things Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, did and won a name among three mighty men. He was more honored than the 30, but he did not attain to the first three. And David appointed him over his guard. Amen? If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Run to the Roar. Run to the Roar. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear and hear is open, receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. And everybody said... Amen. Just touch three people around you and tell them, run to the roar. Come on. Run to the roar. Go ahead and and just tell them, man, you look fantastic. Come on, just tell them around. You look fantastic. We have the prettiest church. Amen. Run to the roar. You know, uh, I'm sure everybody in here can probably has watched a, a show on National Geographic. I think everybody in here has probably watched a show on Discovery Channel at some point in their life. I don't know why, but every now and then it seems like a good idea, and so I start watching. uh, I'm just curious about animals, and so I'll turn on the Discovery Channel. I feel like I need to learn something and not just watch something mindless TV, and so I'll turn on the channel. One of my favorite things uh, to learn about, and and I've always think is amazing, is a lion. Lions are awesome. Right? Does anybody in here not think a lot? A lion is just one of the coolest creatures on the planet. They're just bad. They're awesome. They're ma- massive. They're majestic. They're incredible. They're, they're, uh, every zoo on the planet that has a lion says that is the most uh, viewed uh, uh, attraction at the zoo. That's just the way it is. Something about us is drawn to lion. But you know, one thing that's really interesting about lions, the, the picture that we have of the, the most fierce creature uh, has the big mane, you know, has the loud roar. But the truth is, is the male Lion does not do most of the hunting, right? It doesn't hunt. It just, because the reason why is because it's fat and lazy. Kind of sounds like your husband, right? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, But here's the thing is, is that lions are, they're so big, they weigh 500 pounds. 
So they're so big and heavy that they, they're not fast. They're just not fast. But, uh, and so all, the lioness does all the hunting. They hunt in packs and they take down whatever prey that they're hunting. But, but that's not to leave the lion out. The, the, the male lion has a job to do. And what they'll do is they plan this attack out and they'll walk up on, let's say, a, a, a pack of gazelles watering. And they'll walk up to this pack of gazelles. This, this giant 500-pound lion will walk up and he'll all of a sudden stand up out of the bushes, make himself as big as possible, and let out a famous roar. Of course, the gazelles hear this roar and see this massive creature and do what everybody in this room would do if they saw this sight, and that's turn around and run the opposite direction. Right? I don't know about you. I don't have to outrun the lion. I just got to outrun you, right? That's the whole plan here, okay? And, and so they see this, and they, see this, they hear this massive roar, so they turn around, and they run the opposite direction. But what the gazelles don't know is that the lioness are waiting uh, in the opposite direction to ambush them. As they're running away from the roar, they're running towards an ambush. And here's the thing is, is if they really wanted to stay safe, if they wanted to stay alive, if they didn't want to be lunch for, the, uh, for the, the lion pack, then what they would actually do is something completely counterintuitive, and they would turn around and they would actually run towards the roar. Because if they ran towards the roar, then they, the, the lion couldn't catch them. If they ran towards the war, roar, they would actually be running to safety. Here's the thing, is that a lot of times in life, it is more dangerous for you to run away from what you're scared of than actually run towards what you're scared of. Most of us live our lives running away in fear, thinking that we're doing the safe thing, but the truth is, it's more dangerous to run away from the fear that you have than it is to run towards. Here's the deal, church. You can, you can run away from what you're afraid of, but I'm telling you right now, you will be running the rest of your life. There will always be something to be afraid of. There will be always be something else to be scared of. There will always be another roar that you're running in the opposite direction. You know, we read this, and we're going to kind of go through this during this, uh, uh, this uh, series, is, is there's, there's really some amazing mighty men, and it starts talking about David's mighty men and, and the exploits that they did. There was one man that we're going to go over, and he faced 800 to 1 odds. I don't know about you, but 800 guys that are angry and wanting to take me out, and I'm standing by myself, I'm going to... I'm going to find a way, excuse me, I, I, got a, I got an appointment. I've got to get it, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to think of something. 800 to 1 odds. There was another man who fought so long, had held his sword so long and fought so long that his hand, it says this, his hand froze to the sword. They actually had to pry his hand loose. There was another man who stood in a field and while everybody else turned and ran the opposite direction, turned and ran away, he stood his ground and fought. And it says that the Lord brought about a great victory that day. Here's a man named Benaiah who is sitting there and, and a lion jumps into a dark pit on a snowy day. And he decides, I'm going in after it. I know that a lot of us, we get this thought of, oh, well, you just kind of read through it. But what was it like in those moments? What was it like in that moment when you're facing 800 to 1 odds? 
What was it like in the moment when everybody else turns and runs and you're standing alone to fight by yourself? What was it like to jump into a dark pit with a lion on a snowy day? What was that like? Here's the thing is that you cannot tell me that they weren't afraid. Everybody in here has fear. It's normal. Fear is normal. I, I, I think that there was a moment there where they had, and like every one of us, they had a decision to make of what am I going to do? Am I going to go after? If I, am I going to go after my goals? Am I going to go after my dreams? Am I going to uh, uh, face my fears? Or am I going to turn and run the opposite direction? The thing is, is that every one of them made a decision and every one of us faced a decision on a regular basis of are we going to run away from what scares us or are we going to run towards what scares us? Are we going to run in fear? Are we going to spend our lives hiding in a hole and, 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 and uh, just playing it safe? Or are we actually going to go after the dreams and goals that God has put in our heart? Every one of us have to make that decision. Every one of us have to make that choice. Can I ask you a question? What's your biggest dream? What's your biggest goal? See, the thing about dreams and goals is they look different. Maybe yours isn't a 500-pound lion. Maybe it's something completely different. But, but the thing is, is that dream, and, and let me just say this, and I just want to kind of throw this out here, that dreams don't always pay the bills. It's not always a job change. That's our immediate thing. Oh, my dream job. No, it's not always a job change. Maybe it's something completely different. Maybe a dream for you is asking that girl out and stop sitting around waiting on her to ask you out. Come on. Let me just say this, girls. If he's not man enough to ask you out, he's not man enough to date you. I'm old school. That's just the way I roll. Okay? It's just the way I roll. But here's the deal is that maybe your dream and maybe your goal is completely different. What's the biggest dream? What's the biggest goal that you have? I'll tell you right now, a a crazy big dream for me is that one day I want to write a best-selling book. Now, what's scary about that, and when I begin to voice it, what's scary about that is that I don't even know if I have the skills it takes to write that book. I've never written a book, much less a best-selling book. I, 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 and so, I, and I don't have a way to get there. I don't have a path to get there. I don't have a oh, this is my plan. I don't even know when I'm going to have the time. Every day, every Sunday, I've got to preach. So I'm writing another message and something else to try to get y'all fired up and going after what God's called you to do. So here's the thing is that I don't have a path to get there. And, but here's the thing is that I am not going to let my reason get in the way of my dream. What I'm thinking all the time is how am I ever going to get there? Do I know when it's going to happen? No, I don't know when it's going to happen. But here's the deal is that I do know this, that if your dream isn't big enough to scare you, it's too small for God. If your dream isn't big enough to scare you, it's too small for God. That means that if you can think, oh, well, if I do this, 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 and this, I've got this all taken care of. It's going to work out, and it's going to be in my family. And you've got a plan all the way through, and you can do it in your own strength. Can I tell you something? That is a dream that you can attain, and I'm not telling you to go at, not go after it. But what I am saying this is that you need a bigger dream. 
Because I'm telling you, when you begin to understand that God wants you to have a big dream on the inside of you, that you look at and you go, I don't know how in the world it's going to happen. I don't know what, how you're going to do it, God. I don't know how it's going to come to pass. But I do know this, that I'm going to go after it because it's in my heart. Can I give you two ways real quick of how to discover your dreams? Two ways to discover your dream, how to discover your dreams. Number one. You should inventory your history. I think a lot of times locked somewhere in your past is your destiny. I think somewhere in your past there's a destiny. And, and what's amazing is, is that a lot of times we, we have a tendency, we deal with our past and we try to run away from it or we try to hide it. But sometimes it's the things that happen to us or that we've been through in the past that will unlock the key to our destiny. You know, when I was a senior in high school, my dad uh, moved me to San Marcos, Texas to plant a church. Liberty Church was the name of the church. And we did it the hard way. And when I say we, I mean me. Because I was the one that did everything. I was the setup crew. I was the teardown crew. I was the worship leader. I did it all. I mean, dad showed up, preached. I, I pulled the trailers. Come on, I was the guy. I was the one that did it all. Set up the speakers. I did the whole nine yards. And, and the first Sunday that we had church, it was amazing. I mean, you want to talk about people coming from uh, the north, south, east, and west. We had six people show up on Sunday morning. Glory to God. Three of those people were me, my mom, and my dad. So we had a double portion anointing on us, right? I mean, we're doubling, right? We keep this up, we're going to be big, no time flat. Well, we kept doing it. We kept doing church, and we just my dad just continued to do it, and I continued to lead worship, and I continued to go out. I set up everything. I tore everything down. We did this for years. Now, what happened is, is that church is no longer there today. It's no longer around. Now, can I ask you a question? Do you think for a moment that when I got ready to plant this church, that past hurt didn't come up? Do you think for a moment when I got ready to launch out and plant this church that something from my past didn't come up and say, oh, what are you doing? You know what happened the last time. Do you know what happened to you in the past? Do you know how bad that failure was? Do you know how hard you worked and nobody showed up? You know. See, here's the thing is when you begin to look at past hurts and past disappointments, sometimes you'll find the key to your destiny. And the thing is, is the enemy sometimes will try to hurt you in your past because he knows how God wants to use you in the future. And if you continue to run from that hurt, you're running from your destiny. You're running away from the thing that God has called you to do. So let me ask you a question. What's your biggest hurt? What makes you sad? What makes you glad? What makes you mad? I'm going to start rapping in a minute. What makes you bad? I don't know. I'm out. Red, I need help. What, what is it? And here's the thing is, we, what, what is the one thing that you look at and you wish somebody would do something about this? Please, for crying out loud, somebody do something to fix this. You think that, and that's a thought that goes in your head. Can I tell you that whatever makes you uh, sad or glad or mad or whatever you see that needs to be done and you wish somebody would do something about, I'm telling you right now, a lot of times 
your destiny is held in that thing right there. And if you'll begin to inventory your history, you'll begin to discover your destiny. Number two. Number two, way to discover your dreams. Serve someone else's dream. Serve somebody else's dream. You want to discover your dream? Get around a dreamer. Some of you are sitting there thinking, man, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. That's okay. Sometimes it takes a while to figure it out, right? I I know that everybody thinks when you're 18 years old, you got to know everything that you want to do with your life, but that's not the truth. Sometimes, come on, 40-year-olds, we're still trying to figure it out, right? We're still trying to figure out where we want to go and what we want to do, and that's okay. But sometimes on the way to your, your dream and trying to discover your dream, the thing that you need to do is you need to, to get around somebody else who's dreaming big things and who's chasing lions, who's going after what God has called them to do. There's something about being around a dreamer that will inspire a dream inside of you. It'll stir a passion on the inside of you. When you get around somebody who dares to dream the impossible, who dares to go after great things, who has something and they're saying, man, I don't know, it gets them up in the morning, it drives them, they go out, it's not easy, they keep doing it over and over and over again, and every time that you get around them, they talk about how awesome it's going to be when they arrive at their destiny, and, they, and I mean, that's something, when you get around somebody like that, there's a passion that will stir on the inside of you. There's something that begins to ignite on the inside of you. Here's the thing, is that's exactly what Benaiah did. The guy who chased a a lion in a pit on a snowy day, that's exactly what he did. Everything he did was to get David to his destiny. Everything that he did was to get David to his dream. He said this, you know what, I'm going to fight and I'm going to serve and I'm going to make sure that you get to your dream. And he's serving somebody else's dream. And what's amazing is, is that while he's serving David's dream, God is working on his. Because it says this, he made him over all the guards. So while he's working on David's dream, and he just continues, I'm showing up and I'm being faithful. I'm going to keep helping. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep sharpening my sword. I'm going to keep getting ready. And all of a sudden, he's working on David's dream, and that's what he's focused on. But God is working behind the scenes on his Some of you are serving somebody else's dream and you're showing up and you're working and you think nothing is going on, but God is working on on your dream behind the scenes. Serve somebody else's dream, amen? One thing that you're gonna have to know is that when you discover your dream, it's gonna take faith to reach it. I wish it wasn't that way, church. I wish God would just let it all happen for you and you just got to step into it, right? I wish that w- I wish that was the way it was. I really do. It would be so much easier if that's the way it happened. It would be it would have been so much easier if God would have just had the church here and just let me walk onto the stage. Man. Wouldn't that have been awesome? But the thing is is that you got to have faith to go after your dreams. You got to have faith to go after your goals. You got to have faith to go after your destiny. Can, today I want to give you two, two things that I think faith is. Two things that I think faith is. Number one, faith is a willingness to look foolish. Faith is a willingness to look foolish. I can't think of a lot of things that are more foolish looking than facing 800 to 1 odds. 
I can't think of a lot of things that look more foolish than going into a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Huh? I can't think of a lot of things. You know, here's the thing is that I felt foolish asking a good-looking blonde out at a lumberyard. I felt foolish. I, I honestly, I, there was times in my life I felt foolish sending a resignation letter at Longview Fire Department for something that I'd worked so hard at to say that I was going to full-time ministry. You think I didn't get more than one cross look on that deal? Huh? People looking at me like, you crazy? What are you smoking, man? Are you smoking something? Like, that, that, I look foolish hitting send on that resignation letter. I looked really foolish telling my dad where I had a secure job and everything was good that I was going to a town where I knew no one to plant a church where I had nothing. I look foolish, right? Here's the thing is that when you begin to go through the Bible, you'll see that the people that did great things were willing to look foolish. Noah looked foolish building a boat in the middle of a desert. Sarah looked foolish buying maternity clothes at 90 years old. David looked foolish going after a giant with a slingshot and a stone. The wise men look foolish going following a star. Huh? Peter looked foolish stepping out on the Sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm to walk on water. Everybody else is sitting in the boat, but here he is. Does you think he doesn't look foolish? Here's what's amazing is that when you have a willingness to look foolish, you can begin to do great things. You can begin to accomplish amazing things. See, because Noah was willing to build the boat, he survived the storm. Because Sarah was willing to buy the maternity clothes, guess what? She gave birth to a promised child. Because, because David was willing to take a slingshot into battle, he took down a giant that everybody else was afraid of. Because the wise men were willing to look foolish and follow a star, they found the Son of God. Come on, somebody. Because Peter was willing to look foolish, he stepped out and he walked on water. I don't know about you, but I ain't walked on water. Because I was willing to look foolish. You're sitting in what was was a dream. You gotta be willing to look foolish, church. Faith is a willingness to look foolish. You know what? Let me just tell you this. That I think it's the people that are afraid to look foolish that are foolish. Well, what if I try and I fail? At least you tried. At least you went after it. Number two. Oh, time's getting away from me. Good Lord. Faith is unlearning your fears. Faith is unlearning your fears. You know, uh, psychologists will tell you this, that we are only born with two fears. Uh, we're afraid of falling, right? And we're afraid of loud noises. And I'm pretty sure they missed one. Spiders is probably another one that we're born with. 
Because those things are freaky. Right? We're born with two fears. You're, you're afraid of falling, and you're afraid of loud noises. And here's the thing is that there are thousands upon thousands of fears and phobias. Some of y'all got some weird ones, right? There's thousands of fears and phobias it's because something happened to you or you experienced something or you watched it and you're terrified of clown, whatever it is, that little dolls and you watch Chucky. You, there's something that made you afraid of something. That means that every fear besides falling and loud noises is a learned fear. So that means that if it's learned, you can unlearn it. Right? If it's a learned fear, that means that you can earn, learn whatever you've learned. See, I used to ask people a question, trying to get them to figure out what's your dream, what's your desire, what's your goal, what's the passion on the inside of you, and I'd ask them this. I think it was a great question. It was this, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you go after? If you knew failure wasn't an option, what would you go after? You know, and that's an awesome question, and some of you need to ask yourself that question. But, but I, I began to really think about it because the truth is, is that it's a little bit flawed. Because failure is always an option. Right? Failure's always on the table. Failure's always there. So now then, I want to ask you a question. If you knew that you would try and fail... What would you do anyway? Because you couldn't live with yourself if you didn't try. I think that's a lot better question. What's on the inside of you that, that stirs you? What's, on the, what's the dream and the goal on the inside of you that makes you so passionate? And when you begin to think of it, it scares you to death. And you think, what if I try and what if I fail? But there's something on the inside of you that says you need to try anyway. What is that thing? See, here's the thing is, is there, I, I refuse to live a life that cowers in a corner. I refuse to live a life that says, I'm not going to go after what God has put in my heart. Failure is always an option, but I'm telling you right now, trying, you, 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 you have to get to a place to where you say, I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to go after it anyway. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. See, here, here's the thing is, is as a society, Church, we have made everything about winning and losing. It's about failure and success. But the truth is, the reality is, is that when it comes to God, it's not always about winning and losing. It's not always about success and failure. What it is always about is obedience. It's always about obedience. And when God puts a dream and a desire and a goal on the inside of you, he's asking you a question. Will you go after what I put on the inside of you? See, here's the thing is that you got to leave the results to God. You gotta leave, you gotta leave that to God. But what you do have to do is you gotta say, you know what? I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if I'm gonna try and I don't know if I'm gonna fail. I don't know what's gonna go on. But I do know this, that I'm gonna go after what God has put in my heart. I'm gonna be willing to step out of the boat and into faith because I believe this, that I'm not willing to sit 
on in the in the in the sidelines with all the critics and I'm not willing to just stand by and do nothing. I want to reach the end of my life and say I've got nothing left in the tank. I've got nothing left to give. I chased lions. I went after dreams. I went after goals. I might have not have won every time, but I was willing to try. Let me ask you a question. Are you living a life worth talking about? Are you living a life worth telling stories about? Oh, yeah, Grandpa James. He sucked air, paid taxes, and died. What a fascinating story. Or Grandpa James, he jumped into a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Let me show you the rug. Come on. What, are you going to reach the end of your life holding something worth value? Are you going to reach the end of your life holding a dream, a desire, something that you had passion on and say, I tried, I was scared to death, but let me tell you, I went after what God put in my heart. I went after my goal and I went after my desire. I don't know about you, but I want to be holding something of substance. I want to be holding something of value at the end of my life. Here's the thing, church, is as a church, we're chasing a lion. That lion looks like a building. But you know what? I'm not afraid to chase a lion. I'm not afraid to go after what God has put in my heart. And I want to ask you a question today. What is your lion? What are you chasing? What are you going after? What's the goal? What's the dream? What's the thing that you say, man, I I just have this in my heart. I don't know why, but I just want to go after it. What lion are you chasing? I'm telling you this, that I will chase lions until the day I die. I refuse to become complacent. I refuse to become comfortable. Because I know this, that when you chase the lion... Every now and then you catch them. Every now and then you take them down. Every now and then you're left holding something of value. What's your lion? What's the dream that you let die? What's the desire in your heart? What's the passion that used to stir you? What's the thing you used to talk about when you first got married and you'd lay in bed and just talk? What's that thing? That thing that was covered up by bills and kids and life? What's that thing? What's the lion to chase? At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.